Welcome to the Kerrville Bible Church Podcast, where we seek to encourage and equip you for the work of ministry by taking a pastoral look at a variety of biblical and theological topics. Stay tuned until the end of the episode to learn how you can submit a question for us to answer on the podcast. Welcome back, friends, to the Kerrville Bible Church Pastors Podcast. I'm uh, your host, Toby Baxley, uh, joined as always here in this beautiful recording studio, also known as Murray's Office, also known as Conference Room, Counseling Room, um, cave. everything. Cave. cave it's yeah. a cave. It has no windows. I'm going to put up uh, mirrors that have, you know, like the French door mirrors that at least makes it look like a window. Yeah. Except I'll just be looking at myself. Oh, that's great. <laughs> That's great. Well, that's Murray, and we've got Chris and Scott in the room, too. And so we are continuing to work through our list of Christianese one-liners, these phrases that we may have heard all of our lives, and they sound right, but they are not right, and they are not right to varying degrees. And uh, I think it was Spurgeon who said that uh, discernment is not so much a matter of discernment. of choosing between right and wrong, but between right and almost right. And so some of these are just almost right, and some of these are really wrong. And so we're going to dive in to these uh, this list again. And I just want to encourage you um, that if you would like to add to this list, if there's something that you've heard growing up or you're, you're wondering if it's true, send them in. Uh, they're... You can hear the little bumper at the end of the podcast that gives you all the different ways to get in touch with us. Um, And it doesn't seem like anybody has any trouble getting in touch with us. So uh, any way you want to get in touch with us, do that. And we're keeping a a document online that just updates in real time. As we think of something, we just jot it down and it shares out with the the rest of our, our staff. So... Um, so send those uh, send those one liners in, and we will try to tackle them on the podcast. But today we are going to. I, I can't imagine that this is going to be super controversial. Uh, not like last week where we talked about we we busted up people's idea of what prayer is. Um, but today, brothers, <laughs> uh, I, I hope y'all took a shower this morning. <laughs> Because cleanliness is next to godliness. Sorry, Mom. <clears throat> so I, I, I threw this one on the list because I heard it uh, 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 10,000 times growing up. This was one of my mom's favorite all-time sayings. And once I became a Christian and I had to go to her in, in tongue-in-cheek, you know, with fun, and said, Mom, you know that's not in the Bible, right? <laughs> and I'm not sure she did. I mean, she had had heard it so often and said it so many times, she she might have actually thought word for word that that was a scriptural yeah. phrase. Um, the reply so, to that was, well, if it's not, it should be. Yes, yeah, right. <laughs> Cleanliness next to Galileans. So I can see where you could read Leviticus and certainly come up with that as a uh, little bit of a, of, of a summary. Um Yes. So for my mom, it was you know your space, your room, yourself, your all of these things uh, to keep orderly and clean and pre- presentable was uh, next to godliness. Hmm. <laughs> y'all heard That's this good. before? Is this one y'all heard growing up? Not. Yeah, I never enough to think that it was be, to be taken seriously. But, okay. Uh, yeah. 
<laughs> but now, yeah. yes, I, t- I, I know why your yeah. your car is so clean. Uh-huh. Chris. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, your mom worked. got to it, you. It, she it absolutely worked. <laughs> yeah. No, I said my mom never said this because she. I think she was trying to get me to go out and get dirty. I was a. I've always been a homebody. I, I, I told the guys earlier that I'm what you would call indoorsy, and so I enjoy <laughs> You're being an endorsement. inside. Endorsement. I'm an endorsement. I'm an endorsement. <laughs> I know all things indoors. <laughs> yes. If you could, if you could have your smoker in your living room, you'd do it. Have your totally. grill, your smoker. Totally. Yeah, if awesome. I could figure out how to put that'd it in the kitchen awesome. with like an exhaust, oh, that'd be awesome. I'd, I'd totally do that. Toby's, Toby's a professional endorsement. Yeah. Awesome. Had you ever heard this saying? Did you I, hear I've heard it just broadly yes, speaking, but right. I, it, I don't recall anyone speaking it to me as if it right. was something very important. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. You'd have to qualify. You know, moral cleanliness is next to godliness. Give yeah, me, where's the, what's the you verse that, yeah, holiness. cleanse your hands, you sinners? You, right, that's right. What, what? James 4. James O'Cassie. So when you take that yeah. literally then? Cleanse yeah. your hands. Yeah, so if you take yeah. it metaphorically, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of truth here, right? Yeah. So moral clean, cleanliness, uh, holiness is next to godliness. I mean, you mm-hmm. could say moral cleanliness is godliness. I mean, that, you know, right. they would begin to equate. But How, uh, However, you <laughs> can take the opposite side where you think of Jesus's metaphors of the whitewashed tomb mm-hmm. and right. The, right. the shiny cup on the outside. Yeah, That's where right. you're only washing your hands with yeah. water. Yeah, but the metaphorical uh, washing is really a, a, a soul cleansing, heart yeah. issue. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So where outward cleanliness only is next to right. hypocrisy or ungodliness. Exactly, it'd be, it'd be the other exactly. side of the other side of the coin. So. Um, yes. So, you know, I think there's some, but, you know, there's also, if you, if you just borrow from the book of Leviticus and some of the law that God gave to the Israelites and, and extend it by application, there are some good principles there uh, related to hygiene, related to health, uh, that we enjoy almost unconsciously, second nature, because we're Westerners and we're Americans, but so much of the world doesn't experience because they don't understand clean water, they don't understand hygiene, they don't mm-hmm. understand germs, you know, that kind of stuff. And so, you know, I think, in fact, I read this somewhere recently in my study that, uh, what was that, about the Jewish people tended, oh, it was during the Black Plague. Uh, during, so this is the book I'm reading about the modern-day Holocaust and all that, and it's about during the plague, about a quarter of the population died from the plague, but Jewish people weren't dying at the rate Gentiles were dying mm. because they already had Wash built their into their lifestyle cleanliness, washing, hygiene, the various yeah. things that were part of their tradition. And hmm. so because of that, it was actually something that caused the Gentiles to think suspiciously of Jewish people and led to the underpinnings of, uh, of the Holocaust eventually. Mm. Um, that why aren't y'all? You know, they, in fact, they turned it into that the the Jews were actually poisoning people. Wow! Yeah, so, wow. because they weren't getting sick at near the degree of uh, of the Gentiles. So just fascinating. But so I think there's some things there by application we could glean out of God's law, because we do say that all Scripture is inspired by God and profitable. Right? right? <laughs> Isn't that part of our beliefs? Amen. All right, let's move on. That's probably enough. On yeah. That. Hey, Phew. I'm glad we were not going to spend 30 minutes on that one. Yeah, that one that one was not a 30-minute topic. How about this one, though? God won't give you more than you can handle. I cannot tell you how many times I have heard this. Someone say, I'm really having a hard time right now, but the Bible says God won't give me more than I can handle. So I must be able to handle an awful, awful lot. Uh, 
Hmm. I mean, that, so that's the almost they, that's the almost right thing, and that you that now when they say when someone says that Bible says, then we know that's completely wrong. But <laughs> but the thought of it is there's a sense of like you say you quoted the Spurgeon thing of that it's almost right because the God God will do things in our lives mm-hmm. to sanctify us, right? Right. Well, that that phrase is missing a word that nobody ever quotes. What? Temptation. Well, it's an illusion. You'll never right? be tempt, tempted yeah. more than right. you can bear. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of a it's kind of a spinoff of no temptation has seized you except when it's common to man. Yeah, uh-huh. And God is 10, faithful, but he will not 13. allow you to be tempted beyond right. what you're able. But with the temptation, he will give you a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. So you're turning the temp, you know, and that word temptation right there can either be, it's the same word in Greek, it could either be translated temptation or test. Yeah, trial. Depends on the, or trial. It depends uh-huh. on the context. And so that's an interpretive difficulty just in that verse. But I think that's the verse people are probably loosely attached mm-hmm. to when they say that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and so. It's for uh, 1 Corinthians 10 13, by 10 13. Yeah. I was trying to find it. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, does God give us more than we can bear? Does He test us or try us in a way that takes us beyond our limits? I would have to say yes. Yeah. Ask the Apostle Paul. Uh, that thorn is almost, in the flesh. <laughs> it's almost designed to do that. Yeah. If you think about it, trials and temptations are designed to 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 tear us away from self dependence. Mm-hmm. And force us to desperate dependence on God. Yeah. So there's a sense in which every trial is overbearing. Um, in our you know flesh. because because right. in our flesh yeah. because we can't bear it. Yeah. Because I think one of the primary purposes of trials is to drive us to Christ, out of ourselves, away from ourselves, and, and away from ourselves. Him. That's right. right. I like that word you use. Yeah. Tear us away from ourselves. Mm. Yeah. Self dependence. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard it said that you know God is the uh, He's a perfect parent, but unlike us uh, in our in our parenting, we are raising our children to be independent, to be free from us, right? But God is uh, His His parenting is completely opposite. It is to drive us more into dependence on Him. That's good, raising us to be dependent on Him completely. Mm-hmm. Dependent on him. Wow. Can you imagine that day obviously won't come until glory, but can you imagine getting close to being completely dependent on God? How great that would be, you know? And yet it great in a in an eternal spiritual sense, not in a physical temporal sense, because look at the Apostle Paul. It would mean a complete forsaking of self. Can you imagine that? And what that what comes with that? Right. That just shows how Depraved I am, it makes me a little depressed. Really. Oh, we don't realize how, we don't realize how dependent we are on God because we've yes. got this we've got this delusion of of yeah. self sufficiency and autonomy. Yeah, um, and so we can just kind of pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and and go about our uh, our business until we run into tragedy and that whole illusion gets shattered. Yeah, and, and then we wonder it, where God is exactly right in the midst of that. Well, I think back to what Paul said about ministry, and this has been a go-to verse many, many times. You know, who is adequate for these things? 
uh, and in ourselves we are inadequate, inadequate for, for the, even the task of the Great Commission and the task of ministry. But then he goes on, he says, but he has made us adequate by, you know, paraphrasing by the Spirit, by the mm-hmm. new covenant, by the Spirit. And so in our flesh, everything is, is too much and overwhelming. Um, but through, you know, in the Spirit, then we do have the enabling power to bear up under, to persevere, to endure, um, to be victorious. We don't want to go so far that we lose sight of a victorious Christian life, right? Right, Because we're always just so wallowing in our total depravity that we're just like, oh, I'm such a sinner, such a sinner. All I'm going to ever do is sin. Well, that's going too far. Right. You know, yeah. All I'm ever going to do is fail. Yeah. Well, what happened to the empowering <laughs> Victory Holy Spirit? In Christ. Victory right. and yeah, Which is so. a similar context. Being more than conquerors. Ephesians, Ephesians 4, you know, where Paul is saying... I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Philippians, you know, which or Philippians, Philippians yeah, four, yeah. which is uh, you know often distorted as well. Right, but but I think it, it corresponds to what you just said. Right, right, and so I think sometimes even in our circles, especially where we pound total depravity, uh, you can you can have somebody kind of use that as this badge of victimhood almost. <laughs> where now this is now my excuse for my lack of sanctification and my lack of getting radical with my sin and my lack of, uh, you know, I'm just, this is how I am. I'm just a a sinner. sinner. I'm just an old sinner saved by grace. That's all I am. And it's like, really? No, aren't you a saint? Right. Aren't you a sinning saint? Not a, not a saintly sinner. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I like that, you know, we're sinning saints. Our our core identity Mm -hmm. is we're holy. Yeah. In the eyes of God, and we're on our path of holiness. And so, I think if we can use our own theology to make to create this subtle excuse mechanism and justification for my own laziness and lack of pursuing of holiness. Yeah, right? yeah. I think if you're if you're continuing to use the the doctrine of radical depravity as a as an excuse to continue sinning. I would, I would wonder. I, I think you probably need to examine yourself to see if you're in the faith, mm-hmm. um, because we are to be uh, mortifying our flesh with its sinful desires and walking in the spirit. Um, and so, yeah, we are. You know, Paul said we're more than conquerors through Him who loved us. Yeah. But I would it, say that. Go ahead, Scott. Yeah, I was going to say it relates to our identity. If you, if your core identity as a believer is still more oriented to the fact that you're a sinner instead of one who is redeemed and regenerated, you know, in Christ, you know that there, there's a you have this positional identity, you know, but you also have this very practical identity as well because you know now that we are in Christ and we receive all the benefits. Of his redemptive work for us, uh, it's not just a a said faith; it's a true transformative faith. Mm-hmm. You know that that results in a changed life. Yeah, slowly yeah, but surely. surely. Yeah, very slowly <laughs> at times, but still, it, but surely for sure. Yeah. What were you going to say? And that well, total depravity. Also, you know, some might use it as an excuse to not mortify their sin and, and be sanctified, but also some might use it, it becomes an excuse to be depressed, you know, mm. becomes an excuse to, to not have joy, <laughs> yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and yeah. that is as damaging as the other, I think, is that, man, we are, read Romans chapter eight right. and get to the last, you know, 10 verses of Romans chapter eight and say, wow, like, 
I mean, you you look around and go, really? Like, if this is who I am, then let's go. Yes. You know, nothing can separate us from the love that is found in Christ. Yes. So, um, yeah, that is well. But just back to the suffering thing, I think, can you imagine if if our viewpoint as sanctified and sanctifying believers, that when we faced a trial— that we were so dependent and mature in Christ that we would even pray the bold prayer to the Lord to say, Lord, don't take me out of this until you're done doing Mm -hmm. what you want to do with me. I mean, can you imagine? And we're talking tragic things, you know, hard things that are even difficult to mention. But if we were so dependent on the Lord that we would say, Lord, you keep me in here as long as you yeah. need to. Right. Too often we pray for God to take the yeah. storm All, away. Yeah. yeah, Lord, get him out of that. Lord, yeah. you know. What Whereas we what we really should be praying is, Lord, sustain me during yeah. this storm. Keep so me in long can... enough to teach me or yeah. refine me, whatever it is you're trying to do. Strengthen me in the inner man. Yeah. Yeah. That I may be able to comprehend the love of Christ and be filled to all the fullness of God. You know, think about, you know, my favorite. One of my favorite books of the Bible is First Peter, talking about rejoicing. Though, yeah, that's one of the three, right? Hebrews, First Peter, and the Psalms, uh, rejoicing in Him, even though we're plagued by various trials, so that the proof of our faith uh, is, you know, though refined by fire, is more more precious than gold. Will be found to rejoice, or to found to result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus is revealed. Well, that refining process of gold is a very violent one, you know. And why why should we think that it would be any different for us? It's a it's heat and chemicals that that draw dross out of that gold, skim it off, more heat, more you know, more reagent, skim off more until. That uh, that technician metallurgist can see his reflection in that in that cauldron, in that crucible. Um, so it's a violent process. It's a long, um, and you know that's more than the gold can handle. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's if the, you pull it out to point of it, it's not going to work. It's, it's worthless. Yeah. Change the analogy: the gold to the diamond. Yeah, under intense pressure and heat and heat. Yeah, for extended for a long time. time. Yeah. So, so then God want, helps those to, who what? Well, we want to be the diamonds, but we don't want to, we don't want the process to be the diamonds. We yeah. want to be the gold to see the reflection, but we don't really want the process to get there. Right. And, and what you're talking about is wow, the maturity to say I want the process. Yeah. Well, I welcome the yeah. process, and that next trial comes, and we immediately thank God for it, and we say, God, thank you for this because I know what you're going to do in it. You know, yeah. That's we what, count it that's all joy, as yeah. James yeah. says, from <clears throat> Paul. Says that uh, uh, you know I count the what the sufferings of this present day not the worth being be compared, compared to the glory. glory you know, I mean, Matt, wow, that's Lord, well, could level. we get there? That's next level spirituality, right? That there. is cleanliness. <laughs> that's next to God. <laughs> no question. No question. So Murray almost took over the hosting duty of the podcast and teased out one of our next uh, mm-hmm. uh, little topics. Is that where you want to go next? No, 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 no. I was God saying. helps those who. Well, isn't that what we just were talking about? Yeah, yeah. So I was saying, who well, so themselves. then what is it? So what's the? Yeah, God helps those who help themselves. How many times have you heard that one? Oh man, this one's nuanced. 
I was thinking about this one today. I don't. It just came on my mind because I mean, if you take it from a standpoint of salvific and saving and all of that, it's pure heresy, right? It's mm-hmm. a complete lie from the devil itself. It's from the pit of hell. Um, God helps the helpless. Yes. God saves the lost. Saves God, the dead ones. God raises the dead ones. Yeah. So if somebody means by that in any kind of salvific sense, God helps those who, you know, you help God to save you, you know, it's a partnership, it's a cooperation, then that's just, that's a pure lie mm-hmm. and damnable. And if you believe that in a salvific sense, you're most likely not saved and you need to come to the end of yourself. And repent and see that there's only one Savior, and it's not you. It's God, and it's all God, and it's all God by Himself. We don't help God save us yeah. at any point. The technical term for that is monergistic. Yeah, so that's that actually one around. aspect of it. We didn't right. help the Father choose us. We didn't help the Son redeem us, and we don't help the Spirit birth us. So it's a triune salvation that we experience. Father planned it, Son purchased uh, spirit applies. We don't help either member, any member of the Godhead, <laughs> in bringing about our salvation. We make mm-hmm. no contribution. So, if you take it from that sense, that's a that's a slam dunk. If you take this from the sense of personal responsibility for your life, which the Bible teaches, right? Um, if you take this from the sense of sanctification, and you are cooperating with God in your sanctification. Uh, if you take this from the sense of pursuing health, pursuing fitness, pursuing employment, vocation, you know, there's some things here that, you know, we need to think about. I mean, I'm not going to just like trust God to provide by setting at my setting in my floor and, you know, waiting for God to just pour money on me, you know. Versus, I'm going to go make an application and get a skill and go pursue a job, and you know, <laughs> yeah, right. So you, you could say this is the opposite. And I don't know if this is on our list, but it, in some ways, it's the opposite of let go and let God. Yeah, that's exactly where I was going with that. You know, mm-hmm. but but all but the, there's still nuances there because because you know you could say okay, well, you've got to make the first take the first step toward doing something. And then once you take that step, then God will come alongside you and give you a little help. Right? So that that would be a wrong view of this. Um, the right view is that although in aspects of our salvation, or you might even say justification, we're passive, we're not passive in our sanctification. We are very active. Right. Uh, and, and there's even some sense in which we want to say that about salvation, too, because in conversion, we do have a responsibility to repent and believe, yeah. yet we recognize that apart from the grace of God, we can do either of those things. Mm-hmm. And the same thing with sanctification. Sanctification is all of God's grace, right. but we are never passive in that role right. because God always uses means, and his means, in the case of sanctification, is our faith and obedience. Right. Right. So how do people, I, I think it would be helpful for us to talk about what do people generally mean by this statement when they say it? Just practically, what, what do people mean by this and what context is it set in? God helps those who help themselves. Hmm. What, what do y'all think? I mean, are people talking about this in a salvation sense? Uh, or are they talking about it in daily life? I think it's daily life, and I think they're thinking, 
that it all depends on you. Like you just need to work harder. You need to do better. You need to, which there's a sense of that. We get that. But I think what it does is it takes God away from being the initiator and God being big. It's like a, it's it's big God theology versus big man theology. Okay, well let me let me be the let me push back. Doesn't the Bible say God is our helper? Isn't this a title for God in the Bible? And isn't the Bible full of prayers? God help me, not God do it for me, but God help me. And God is our helper. Well, yeah, yeah but I think without God's help, we have we have no we have no strength. We have we have nothing to, to offer. God can help me without me helping myself at all. Correct. I, I, I have. I could have nothing to do with God doing what He's going to do, right? All right. You lost ten pounds. You won. By the way, Murray won the contest. <laughs> he lost ten pounds in two weeks. He took him another five days to keep it off for three days. Congratulations. I'm still not there, but you won, and I'm proud of you. Yeah, and yeah. so and my car is very clean. My truck. He took it. Yeah, and his I, truck is immaculate. So he took well, my should, truck, and he on, on Thursday just... before uh, Good Friday, you uh-huh, took my truck, right. and uh, it's not immaculate enough to take. No, oh, it's been oh, it's one week. Been ruined, so but... yeah, but uh, you did it, and and you had some treats along the way, didn't you? In the in the clean, cleaning of my car there were some messages there were some hidden messages yeah <laughs> did you find anything unsavory I put sticky yeah. notes under each doormat <laughs> under, you know, every chris floor, under, a great under job. every floor man chris great job <laughs> great chris job. what's our next bet <laughs> well done chris well done <laughs> so so here's a question with this whole contest yes did god help murray more that's than he going. helped you that's where please, i'm going please with do this. tell please that's please. where i'm going with this i'm asking you the question i'm pushing back so god helps those who help themselves god helped you did god help you to do that or okay, did god so, do it for you so under the banner of god's complete <laughs> providential sovereignty uh of course he he helped me lose the weight now cuz cuz he loves you more yeah i did not pray one single time lord help me which I probably should have. I'd have got there in twelve days. Um, so no, I had to. I had to do it. What I, did you do? You you cut back on what you ate. You I ran, ate like a bird. You I ate. Mean, you I ran sprints on bird. your on your driveway that runs. <laughs> yeah. It goes uphill. You worked out more. Yeah. Um, ate ate a little cleaner. Yes. Which I did. Yeah. I had to put the food in my mouth or not put it in my mouth. I had to put my shoes on and run. Yeah. I didn't just sit there and say, God, if you want me to lose weight, right. you'll do it. Take right. it off. But, but here's off. a different perspective. You could say that both of you worked equally hard. And one is just at, more blessed than the this other. task. And yet one, one succeeded and one didn't. Well, as Chris says, here, here's what one Chris said. This is great. Slower so than just so other. you know, I'm sorry we're getting way off topic here. But one thing, Chris, is he's a great trash talker through text. Okay, he's a great, he, great banter. And, and he said uh, when I was starting to win the contest, because he was winning at the beginning, he goes, game on, come on, let's go. And then as I started to kind of take a little bit of a lead, he goes, well, of course. I mean, you're, you're, only, you're 50. Anybody could do it when yeah. they're 50. It's not fair. I'm, yeah. It's not fair. I'm, I'm 57. Seven years older, yeah. And then he goes, and I'm up in my office studying the Bible and, and exposition of Scripture. You're off doing, quote, unquote, ministry. Right. Yeah, he's out doing. Yeah, he's out playing disc golf yeah. with teenagers. Yeah. And you know, yeah, no, so, wasn't fair. nothing about it was fair. Well, I thought that was the. Uh, well, you're trying to lose your first ten. Yeah, Chris is trying to yeah, lose his last. That's 10. true too. That, oh, it was that's part, that's he part of the not fair. He pulled was, out Batman memes, and I that's mean, part of the not no. fairness of this whole thing. <laughs> So, uh, anywho, y'all are all hyper Calvinist. So, can I say something? Are we? <laughs> I think oh, y'all good. are. Yeah, we probably are. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So first of all, I have uh, something to confess, Toby. I only read that that sentence there not to take over the podcast. I thought that's what we were talking about a minute ago. I was looking on the list. I was like, well, I guess that's the closest one. So I was trying to, I was definitely not <laughs> taking no. to the next list. I thought that's what we he were doing. Off, he went off list. Yeah. So he I went apologize. off list. I apologize. That I was so not trying to take over your Back to the thing. one was God uh, won't give me more than I can handle. So we decided the answer to that is false. False. True or false? Yeah. That's false. Yeah. God helps those who help themselves. False in a salvific sense. True sometimes in a practical life sense. (laughs) It's ambiguous. I think the statement is too ambiguous. Because God helps those who help themselves. Right? To me, it smacks too much of self-help. Yeah. Yeah. And then God... God comes along and gives you just so. How a would you? Bit of okay, good. I like this. So, how would you correct yeah. it? How would you make it not ambiguous and make it a true statement? God, I would say. God, God, I would say that, in as much as you are depending on the grace and power of God, He is helping you do what you need to do for yourself in terms of. So, well, that's catchy. So, yeah. Well, let's let's make it simpler. <laughs> let's put that on a bumper sticker. God helps those who depend on Him. There is that you fair? Go. God go. helps those who depend on Him. God helps those who ask for it. I mean, asking yes. is is a because that's part of the means, right? Prayer, according to prayer, this, is part of the means. I just read a verse this which, morning in Chronicles that said He, they, they were in battle and they they cried out to the Lord for help, and He answered their prayer because they trusted in Him. Mm-hmm. That's what the Bible says that He yeah. answered their prayer because. They trusted in him. So dependent. They were dependent on him. They, so were they could ask. They trust. Yeah. They trusted. And that's why he answered their prayer. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't have them. a problem with the God helps those uh, part. Yes. I just have a problem with help those who help themselves. Who imbibe right. self-help. No, right. So it's God helps right. those who ask if for it. If we could eliminate the self-help aspect of it yeah. and move yeah. it more toward total dependence on God, yeah. mm-hmm. then right. yes, obviously God helps. Yeah, and God tolerates those who live a life of self-help. <laughs> he does. I mean, He tolerates yes. them for for a season. For a part of His broad grace, yes, yeah. His mercy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's part of His mercy. Okay. Yeah. Good. Well, we're out of time. We're going to pick up next week with uh, another a related topic, and it's another scripture that is taken out of context. And uh, as Scott alluded to it earlier from Philippians 4, uh, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And so we're going to start with that. So come back next week. and uh, I'm coming in with the eye, the eye black. Yes. yes. Four, 413 Phil, on there. I'm coming 413. in with Phil 413. Uh, Tim, gonna, Tebow. Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Tebow bow. That's right. Tebow. Well, good. Uh, come back next week and we'll, uh, we'll suss that out. Scott, you close us in prayer. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for um, the clarity that your word gives us when we encounter these interesting statements, Father, that float around the Christian world. And Lord, just pray that you would give us discernment uh, in these matters so that we can rightfully divide the word of truth and uh, live our lives for your glory. We pray this in Christ's name. Thanks for listening to the Kerrville Bible Church Podcast. In future episodes, we would like to answer your biblical, theological, or pastoral questions. Send them to us via email at questions at kerrvillebiblechurch.org 
or leave us a text or voicemail at 830-321-0349.